Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Tuesday, everyone. We are talking about how we can have peace in our life, in every aspect of our life. And we have discovered that this peace has to be made. We make this peace. We don't just naturally find it. Christ gave us the recipe, and the Bible tells us the ingredients. The scripture tells us that we are to pursue the things that make for peace. So we have been talking about the different ingredients, that if we will embrace these, apprehend them, and make them part of our thinking, and let them form our attitudes, we will live a life of peace regardless of our external circumstances. We are presently looking at the fifth ingredient, and this ingredient helps us to handle the unfairness of life. Life isn't fair. There are things that happen to one person that doesn't happen to another. How can we maintain our peace when we see this happening? Well, the way we do it is to see everything from God's perspective. See how God looks at the situation. Now, yesterday we looked at Romans chapter 5. And here it tells us how God sees tribulations. Paul's writing and he says that he glories in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This scripture tells us that tribulation is the beginning of the process for allowing our character to be formed in such a way that the love of God would come out through us. Now that's what we want, but many times we don't want the very first ingredient. We don't want the beginning of the process. The process begins in tribulations, and those tribulations produces something. It produces perseverance, and then perseverance, character, and then character, hope, and then hope allows the love of God to be spread abroad in our lives. Now, I won't go back over the things that we talked about yesterday, but I do want to share a little writing that I came across entitled, Tested by Fire. And it says this, In October 1991, a firestorm destroyed 2,500 homes in the vicinity of Oakland, California. When the devastated owners returned and sifted through the black debris, they found that all their possessions had been reduced to soot. But one man and his daughter discovered a tiny porcelain rabbit. They marveled that so fragile an object had survived intact. Other victims of that catastrophe also found pottery and porcelain items that had somehow defied the all-consuming firestorm. The Sunday after the disaster, a local minister carried to his pulpit an unbroken vase, which was the only thing recovered from his home. He asked his congregation, Do you know why this is still here and my house is gone? He answered his own question by saying, Because this had passed through the fire once before. I tell you, fiery trials of life can actually prove to be a blessing. They temper us. 
they prepare us to face situations in the future that we could never face if we had not gone through the trial. And as we face these new tribulations, we can then be a strength to other people. We can be an example. They can look at us and see the difference in our life. There's no doubt about it that fiery trials are painful. But if we endure them, our faith can emerge from that blazing furnace much purer and stronger than it could ever be in any other way. So just as fire refines gold, adversity refines us and prepares us to be what God wants us to be. The book of Job summarizes this in chapter 23 and verse 10. It says, He knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. There is no way we're going to be refined if we do not allow the fiery trials and the tribulations that come our way to refine us. So we need to see this from God's perspective, not from our perspective. We have to see a bigger purpose if we're going to maintain our peace. Now there's another aspect of this that I want to share with you. And that is the things that we go through and that we feel are unfair. Many times they're not. It's only from our perspective they're unfair. But if we see it from God's perspective, it makes perfect sense. Now let me give you an illustration. Say you're a secretary and you're working in a particular office and there are a number of you there and you've been given this project to input all this data into the computer files. And so you're typing away and others are typing away around you. But there's a deadline on this project that has to be done by the end of the day. And the boss comes by and he sees this isn't going to be done. So he calls up the temp office and he says, I need a few more secretaries. And they come in and they help. And by the end of the day, the project is completed. But these secretaries that have come in have just worked the last hour of the day. Now, when the boss goes to pay everyone, he pays you who've worked all day your normal wage. But to these secretaries that have come in for the last hour, he goes and pays them a full day's wage, even though they've only worked an hour. How would you feel in that situation? Would you say, something's wrong here? We've worked all day and we've received X amount of dollars. We need to protest this. This isn't fair. And it isn't fair if you look at it purely from your own point of view. But if you have a bigger picture, you might find that it is fair. Now Jesus addressed this very issue and he gives a parable. And let me read it to you in Matthew chapter 20. In verse 1 it reads, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, 
they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. You know, if I could put it in my own words, they said, this isn't right. This isn't fair. We're not going to stand for this. This is unacceptable. And they had a point. Verse 12, it says, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. I mean, it wasn't just the matter of work. But these workers said, We were here in the hot sun and we worked. Not only did we work more, but we worked in a more difficult situation. These have come in for the last hour. It was the cool of the day. And now you've given them the same amount of money. And they continued to complain. And they were worked up over this. I mean, they lost their peace. I imagine some of them were just fuming in their minds considering the injustice of this whole situation. But listen to what Jesus said. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, friend. I like the fact that he calls him friend. It's like it's like the land overcomes and says, Calm down. I, I'm not against you here. I'm on your side. I'm your friend. The landowner wants to calm them down. He wants them to have peace in this situation. He says, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? He says to him, listen, I haven't wronged you. I've given you exactly what we agreed upon. I haven't hurt you in any way. All I've been is generous to this person. And now you're so upset just because I have been good to this person. You see, these workers had lost their peace because they were comparing what they had done to the other person. It was a very temporal, short-sighted view. They were just seeing it from their own perspective. They weren't seeing how it was a blessing to the other person. What they needed to do was to see a bigger perspective, to see how the landowner had seen it. He wanted to have the project done, and he was just generous that he wanted to bless these people. I mean, if these people had been thinking right, when they saw these ones get as much as they got, they should have stood back and applauded and said, Bravo! Isn't that incredible? Isn't this landowner amazing? He has just blessed this person with a day's wage. I mean, think about it for a moment. These people had stood in the marketplace all day. They wanted to work. They just had not been hired. And they were hired in the last hour. And now they were being sent home with a full day's wage. They could go home, have a nice supper with their family, tuck their kids in at bed and say, isn't that landowner amazing? He has blessed us with enough money that we have our needs met for today. He is such a good landowner. He didn't have to do that. But now we have enough money to care for our family because this man was so good and so generous. But you see, they didn't have this mind. All they were thinking about was what they had missed out on. If you just compare yourself with someone else, you're going to miss it. You're going to lose your peace. The Bible says those that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. 
This is not the perspective that we should have. Always just gauging ourselves against someone else. What we have to do is see a bigger picture and say, I hope people don't get what they deserve. I hope that God just blesses them richly and abundantly, more than what they would ever want. And rejoice in the goodness of God. And as Jesus said here, why is your eye evil? When you talk about an evil eye, it's, it's really speaking about covetousness. Why do you have a covetous eye and you're comparing yourself to what you got and they got? Why rather don't you just rejoice in my generosity? I tell you, this has much application in our lives today. You will lose your peace unless you see things from God's perspective. Unless you have God's heart you will not be able to rejoice when he is good, but you will be jealous and envious of the blessing that God gives to other people. Much rather should we just rejoice in the goodness of God and say, I want to be an instrument where the love of God is in my heart that I can do the same thing to others that God has done towards me. We'll continue tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children and youth and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.